Reaction Network podcast. It's time! Oh, Saturday night's all right, all right, and get a little action on him. Welcome to the Action Network podcast, the UFC 278 preview. I'm Sean Zarilla, joined today by former professional MMA fighter Billy Ward. We're going to take you through the 12-fight card for UFC 278 featuring the welterweight title bout between Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards. Some other sections we're going to touch on. Top underdogs, fight of the night, which will be Murad Dabashvili against Jose Aldo. We're going to talk about the co-main event between Luke Rockhold and Paolo Costa. Give you our favorite props and then get you out of here with some DFS angles and our best bets for Saturday's card. But let's go to that event. The welterweight title bout, six defense for Kamaru Usman, coming in around minus 350 on the money line. Leanne Edwards, plus 275 on the comeback. The over four and a half is juiced up to minus 165. This is a rematch from 2015. Usman won unanimously 30-27 and 29-28 on the other two scorecards. Dropped round one on two of the three scorecards, but ended up grappling Edwards on his way to a decision. Both have improved since then. Usman closed minus 250 the first time. Again, sitting around minus 350 this time around. I've got a small angle on this fight. I'm actually waiting for the money line to blow out a little bit closer to fight time. Billy, curious as of Friday where your thoughts are for the main event. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat concerned that Usman's just fallen in love with his hands a little bit too much and doesn't make the smart choice and take him down. But I can't, I can't really see a path other than that towards Edwards having success here. I think even if it's purely stand-up, Edwards would probably only be a slight favorite. So this isn't one that I'm looking to bet pre-fight. I do like your point. If it gets any more out of line than it is now, I might actually follow you on that. I'm looking at some live stuff. I could see if Edwards wins round one or two standing, and then Usman says, all right, let's make this a grappling match now. And then on a similar vein, you know, I always like with the heavy favorites like this, you can parlay it with over two and a half, over three and a half. I don't see Usman really extending himself for a finish early on. So, you know, some of those odds still aren't great on this one. It's still, you know, minus 175, minus 200 in that range. So I don't love those. But, yeah, I'm looking at the live angle. You know, we could see if Usman tries to stand with him. And then if it doesn't work for him, the odds shift a little bit. I would then expect him to switch to a grappling heavy approach. And I don't see Edward stopping his takedowns. Yeah, so that's the question is how much the gap has closed in the wrestling since the first fight. I think Leon is still the better striker, the more technical striker, but Usman has more output on the feet, averages two additional strikes landed per minute. On top of that, certainly the better grappler has more power on the feet when they're standing, so he may land more damage even if they're just standing at range for 25 minutes, but I do expect him to grapple to try to get into the clinch, to try to wrestle Leon and get him to the mat. How much has Leon improved his wrestling since their first fight back in 2015, I actually think he's become a very dominant clinch fighter, controls most people in the clinch, rated his clinch positions, and particularly the one thing I would look out for here is his elbows, which he uses when he exits the clinch. He has really vicious elbows when he's in close. I could definitely see him clipping Kamaru with one of those elbows as they're exiting a clinch position, as Kamaru's trying to enter a clinch position to put his back against the cage. So I expect a lot of clinch fighting here. Ultimately, do not expect Usman to just fall in love with his hands and try to strike it out for 25 minutes like he did in his two fights with Colby Covington. The one bet where I showed value on pre-fight was Leon by decision at around plus 900. Basically, the way I show value on that, the market is indicating with his decision line at plus one, at plus 1,000, plus 900, and his knockout line around plus 550, 
They're telling you that he's going to win by finish around 60% of the time if he does win and his decision 40% of the time if he does win. I think those should be reversed. I think the decision be, should be 60% of his win equity, a finish closer to 40%. So I do like a very small sprinkle on his decision line around plus 850, plus 900, projected that closer to plus 550. And if that money line comes back up closer to plus 300 or higher, I think I'll play that too. It was there on Thursday. It ended up dipping down closer to weigh-ins. I think as more parlay money comes in on Usman closer to fight time, you may see that peak price eventually on Edwards. It may even get all the way up to plus 350 just based on the amount of parlay money that I expect to be tied to the champion. So Edwards on the money line, if it gets over plus 300 and definitely his decision prop small around plus 850 would be my bets or my ways to approach the main event. Let's talk about our favorite underdogs for Saturday night. This may be my favorite section for today's podcast because I really like an angle on a dog here. But Billy, I'm curious which dog you're taking a look at first. Yeah, um, I really like the exact same angle on a dog. I, I was bad and didn't get the email across, but I'm also on Marcin Tibera at plus 300. It's just such a massive step up in competition for Alexander Romanov, which I think you're going to get to. You know, Romanov has had dominant grappling in all of his fights. I don't know that he's necessarily the better grappler here. And then if he's not, what happens? And, you know, it's plus 300. I'm not saying that I necessarily think Romanov should win, but plus 300 is pretty long for him. And I just, I don't know, or I'm sorry, I'm not saying Tiber should win. But, yeah, no, I'm just not sure that Romanov is the better grappler here, and that's been all he's done so far in his UFC career. So if he can't take him down or if he takes him down and it doesn't work and we see a stand and trade fight, these are heavyweights. Nobody should be plus 300 at heavyweight in, you know, strictly stand-up fight. Yeah, heavyweight, higher variance fight to begin with, so that pushes everything closer to minus 110. Tybura, the better striking, the better cardio, that pushes it closer to minus 110. And as you said, I'm not necessarily sure that Romanov is even the better grappler here. I do think he will be able to take Tybura down early, but we've seen Tybura get put on his back in the past, and he does not stay there for very long, has very good jujitsu. I do not see him getting finished very easily unless he's tiring out later in the fight. But going back to cardio, Romanov got extended one time against Juan Espino. He was a good grappler. He was losing the striking on the feet. And then it got dragged around three. He started tiring out, took the easy way out, quitting after getting cup checked and calling it. I believe it went to a technical decision, which he won because he, got, he had secured the majority of the first two rounds on the judge's scorecard. So bad look for Romanov and his cardio there. Definitely think Tybura, the better striker, has faced the better strength of schedule, better competition. Even the guys that Romanov has faced, aside from Espino, have been bottom of the barrel heavyweight grapplers at the UFC level. And the discrepancy in grappling from one heavyweight to another can be pretty massive relative to the other divisions. I think Tybura definitely on the higher end of the grapplers that you could hand Romanov for a test. So this should be a close and competitive fight. I do see it going longer. I have another angle that I want to talk about when we get to our best bets. But in terms of a favorite underdog, I think Marcin Tibera at plus 300 is a phenomenal play. I like his decision line as well at plus 650, because if this fight does extend, I expect him to win more minutes down the stretch. So Marcin Tibera, five after round one even, could be an angle as well, given the fact that I expect him to have the cardio advantage. And if he survives round one, I think this is going to be very hairy for Romanov. So Tibera, our favorite underdog for both myself and Billy, an angle that we really like. A lot of underdogs hit on the last card. Hopefully we can cash another plus 300 on Saturday. Let's go to our fight of the night. This is a tremendous fight. A lot of talk about it on the internet this week. Jose Aldo and Mirab Devashvili. This is the featured bout on Saturday's card. So just before the co-main and the main events, 
And this has been a hotly debated matchup this week. Marab coming in at minus 135. Jose Aldo, the legend, at plus 115. The over two and a half here juiced up to minus 210. And I am on the Marab side of this fight as a favorite. I think a lot of the talk surrounding Jose Aldo historically is with his takedown defense, which is phenomenal, particularly when he was at 145. He's only ever been taken down more than once in one UFC fight, which was against Frankie Edgar way back in the day. He ended up winning that fight. But Marab is just a different test than any other grappler that you could basically hand Jose Aldo. He's a very unique fighter, more of a pace and pressure fighter. who's going to try to cling on to Aldo, going to try to wrap him up, hold on, push him against the cage clinch him up and hit him with strikes in the clinch and not let him go anywhere. Footwork for Aldo, counter wrestling, counter punching, all things that are big check marks in his favor against normal grapplers. Marab is not a normal grappler. He's not even a guy who's trying to get takedowns and hold you down. He actually has very poor top control. He just looks to rinse and repeat, tire you out, hang on to you, and then eventually get you back to the fence and push you up against it. So I expect him to land a lot of strikes in the clinch Spent a lot of time with his arms wrapped around Aldo, smothering him, slowing this fight down, making it dirty, making it ugly. His tenacity, his pace, and his pressure should eventually wear on the older fighter. And I think Marab takes over more and more as this extends later into the fight. This was a five-round fight. I would be betting Marab to the max at this price. In a three-round fight, I'm a little more tepid just because Aldo only needs to secure two of the three rounds in order to steal a decision here. But... The cardio, particularly in the high elevation up in Utah, I think is going to be an advantage from Rob. So Rob minus 130 on the money line, leg it up to about minus 150. Billy, are you on Jose Alder? Are you joining me on Marab the machine? No, you know, we've seen enough line movement this week on this one where I'm actually pretty excited to Jose Aldo at plus 120, plus 125 or so. I'm really glad you mentioned the top control. You know, if anyone who checks out UFC stats before making their picks, you don't see a guy who averages over seven takedowns per 15 minutes who's also good at keeping someone there. You can't get a second takedown until the guy gets back up. And this is another one of those where I'm trying to think about the way judges are scoring fights now. And if Marab gets these, you know, empty or hollow takedowns where he takes Jose down, doesn't really do anything with it, but then Aldo lands a couple nasty punches, lands a leg kick, lands stuff like that, which way is that round going to go? Three or four years ago, it would have been to the guy who got a takedown. I don't think that's the case, the way that things are scored now. And I know all, like, the judging, you know, people out there are going to say, well, they didn't change the scoring system. Officially, no, but the way it's being interpreted is a lot different than it was the last couple of years. And I think that favors Aldo. You know, I wouldn't bet him at even, you know, even money. But up at plus 115, plus 120, I think there's just enough of an angle where his strikes are going to be rewarded a little bit more heavily than those takedowns that he doesn't really do much with. And that's assuming that he can get those takedowns on Jose Aldo, who, as you mentioned, never really got taken down more than once or twice in a fight, 90% takedown defense, and he's only ever fought top competition. He came into the UFC already as a champion, so it's not like he was fighting guys on the way up. Like That 90% has came against the best of the best at two different weight classes. Oh, you make some valid points. I think there's merits to both fighters. There's merits to making an argument for why you like either fighter. Marab, for me, just a bit of a different animal. I think he's a very unique fighter, and I think he's on his way eventually to title contention at the 135-pound division. Let's talk about the co-main event between Luke Rockhold and Paolo Costa. Costa minus 400 on money line. Luke Rockhold coming in at plus 310, coming in off of a long layoff. He hasn't fought since 2019. Hasn't won about since 2017, knocked out multiple times later in his career, and his chin appears to be on the way out, or at least it did 
before this long layoff. And I think that is the primary talking point this week. Can Luke Rockhold take a punch? Is he going to come back like Alexander Gustafson did a few weeks back in London and just basically get knocked out immediately on the first exchange? Because this is not an easy matchup for him. They could have given Rockhold a lot more easier matchups, a layup matchup, a layup win coming back from a long layoff like this. And they basically gave him one of the more difficult and durable fighters to hurt and one of the guys who hits harder than anybody at the 185-pound division. For me, it's all about the under in this matchup. I think this should be priced higher. can get the under two and a half rounds at minus 215. The fight to end inside the distance seemed like it was juiced much more heavily, closer to minus 300, minus 350. So if that finish does occur in the final two and a half minutes of the fight, we'll lose our bet. But I think there's enough of a price discount relative to that prop on the under two and a half to make it worth taking the discount on the under two and a half. Costa, bigger hitter, Rockhold durability, obviously a concern. But for Rockhold's side and the merit to playing him is top control and top position. Because Costa is not good off of his back when you're able to take him down. He's a bit of a fish, and I can absolutely see Rockhold landing one takedown early and finishing this fight from top. So I think either fighter certainly has win equity inside the distance. Costa should have knockout power lasting throughout the fight. I'm saying Costa by second round TKO, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rockhold ends up stopping him from top. I also show value Costa KO at minus 150, I think is fine. Rockhold inside the distance at plus 550, I think is fine as well if you're looking to target some winning method props. Billy, are you with me on the under? How do you see this one playing out and what could be a very violent affair? No, we're we're pretty spot on with that. I was going to say, if you're going to play Rockhold, I don't really see a reason to do anything other than inside the distance. As you pointed out, like just the the odds you're getting on that are so much higher. But really, the debate for me has been how much are we weighing ring rust versus how much we think his chin is going to have improved in three plus years of not getting hit, not getting knocked out. At his age, I'm not really convinced that that time off is going to matter much. I don't think your chin really gets that much better just by not getting hit. I think, you know, it's never going to get better than it is this moment. So you know, the uh, Costa by knockout, Costa inside the distance. Those are really where I'm looking right now. Not a fight I really love from a betting standpoint. I'm kind of interested in it. But, you know, Jose Aldo and Mirabdi should really should be the co-main event on this one, if we're all being honest with each other. Let's talk about our favorite props of the evening. Mine would be Sean Woodson from a variety of angles going against Luis Saldana. Saldana, very bad cardio. Again, just want to mention these fights are up at elevation in Salt Lake City in Utah. So if you have bad cardio, it's just going to look even worse fighting at elevation. And these guys who normally struggle down the stretch are really going to struggle to make it the full 15 minutes. Saldana struggles in low-paced affairs. He's an outside kickboxer. He's going to be getting likely in a high-volume affair with Sean Woodson. Doesn't hit particularly hard, but Woodson has a five-inch reach advantage, throws 11 or 12 strikes per minute, very high-volume. And Saldana is not the type of guy who's going to take him down. And even if Saldana does take him down, it's just going to wear on his own gas tank and eventually tire him out late as well. So Woodson inside the distance at plus 155, but in particular his round two prop at plus 650 and his round three prop at plus 1000, both of those at MGM. I think those are solid looks in terms of exact round props. Saldana should have a good round one and then may completely fall apart and will likely get finished in the second or third round, unless he ends up surviving to a decision, but inside the distance around a third of a unit. And then the round two round three props, each about a 10th of a unit is how I would allocate risk at those numbers. Like a solid way to maybe risk a half a unit to win a unit, unit and a half, depending on how the fight plays out. Billy, 
Where's your favorite fight from a prop perspective? Yeah, you know, similar to your angle with the high altitude being rough on the fighters with worse cardio, Francisco Figueredo is fighting tomorrow. He's plus 370 on the money line just to win the fight. And if you think that's roughly efficient, his inside the distance props would probably be about plus 375 or plus 380. He is not lasting 15 minutes against anyone in Utah and winning anything. So just, you can get him inside the distance. It's plus 750 right now. It's not a bet that I love. I actually don't think this one is likely to go his way against Amir Albazi, who's looked really good in recent fights. But just from a math standpoint, there's no way that his win probability by decision is as high as these markets are telling us, given how god-awful his cardio is and the fact that it's at elevation. So, yeah, plus 750 on Figueredo, you know, 0.1, unit bet with a pretty big return is where I'm looking. Yeah, those end up being some of my favorite bets. Just I don't really want this guy or think he can win, but most of his win condition is X, and they're telling you it's Y. You kind of just have to bet those sometimes, like I did with uh, Leon Edwards by decision. I just think the win winning method allocation between the odds is a little bit off, and sometimes you get fighters who are very, very likely to win by submission, particularly early guys who are likely to win in round one and then almost have no win condition after where the price should be much closer to their money line than it actually is. You're getting almost double the odds on Figueredo inside the distance than you're on his money line. Not a bad look. Certainly don't disagree, but actually probably look to bet Albazi live after round one as well as a way to maybe hedge out of that position after the fact, even if Albazi is a big favorite after round one, I think he's well on his way to winning the fight at that point. DFS angles for Saturday's slate. There's only 12 fights now. Miranda Maverick, Versus Shana Young was canceled. Top prices on the board. Tyson Pedro, 9,500. Amir Albazi, who we just mentioned, 9,200. Kamaru Usman at 9,100. And Alexander Romanov. Those are your fighters priced above 9,000. We already talked about the fact that like Marcin Tybura, who's 7,200. Leon Edwards, 7,100 to round out the main event. Billy, how are you differentiating between cash games and GPPs with just 12 fights on the card? Yeah, interestingly enough, I think I'm I'm less likely to differentiate between cash and GPPs because I don't think a lot of people are going to have Usman and Edwards in a GPP lineup when that's a pretty you know common strategy in cash. And I can see that one making its way to the optimal if they go five rounds. There's only one five-round fight where a lot of the pay-per-views we've had recently have had two. So I think that's going to push some ownership to those guys, but the, the pairing of both of them won't. And then I'm also looking, and I'm going to mention this a little bit later in Best Bet, but the flyweight bout between Alta Morano and Daniel De Silva, those guys just have tremendous outputs for at least what little we've seen of them. They're actually, I think, a sneaky fight that you could stack where if those guys both land a ton of strikes, they could make their way in. And once we're down to this 12-fight range, especially if we were to hopefully not lose another one, that's when I really want to start getting off the board with some of those stacks. But yeah, outside of that, I'm going to be super heavy on Kamaru Usman. He scores all the points, even when he wins by decision, just with the volume of takedowns and strikes that he gets. I think if you're willing to, you know, as we've talked about, fade Romanoff against Tibera or even play Tibera, if you're not playing Romanoff, Tibera needs to be in your lineup just because everyone is going to be on Romanoff. So you're increasing that leverage a lot by by going with the underdog there. So there's some angles to this one. 12 fight isn't terrible in terms of having to work too hard to get unique, but it's on that borderline where I think using some of those weirder strategies, leaving some salary on the table, playing some of those off-the-ball fighters like Figueredo, like Tibera could be interesting. Rockhold, if he wins, is likely to be inside the distance. Super cheap. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. So For GPPs, Luke Rockhold, 7,500. Leo Santos, 7,300. Those are fighters very likely to win inside the distance if they do win. And I would imagine will be in the optimal lineups 
if they do win. Sean Woodson and I talked about from a prop perspective as well, 8,500, lots of volume and probably gets a second or third round stoppage bonus as well on top of the volume, which should equal out to a first round stoppage in terms of points with the volume that he puts up. Let's go to our best bets for Saturday's slate for UFC 278. And I'm just going to continue on with my Marcin Tyrera Alexander Romanov analysis. My favorite bet in this fight, my favorite bet on the card, in addition to the head Tyrera money line, is just the over one and a half rounds at minus 175. Neither guy a particularly big hitter for heavyweight. Both seem relatively durable, but I don't really give either finishing upside and particularly early. I think they would be below average if I had to rate them out in terms of being finishers for heavyweights because of how they match up in the grappling. Romanov is going to get his finishes from top position, getting the dominant positions. I don't really see Tybura letting him get there, and it's not like Tybura is some huge hitter on the feet who's going to one-punch Romanov if he's able to keep this standing early. So I think you definitely see a drawn-out affair, probably some grappling on the ground where they get tied up, maybe even some cage push, and a lot of minutes and seconds ticking off the clock, particularly early. I show value on the fight to go to the distance as well at plus money. Just a little more tepid to play that. As we talked about, the cardio concerns for some guys in Utah up at elevation in Salt Lake City, particularly guys like Alexander Romanov could be very concerning, could see him getting stopped late in the third round if he's completely gassing out. So the over one and a half rounds, minus 175. Marcin Tybura at plus 300. And then also Tybura by decision for a sprinkle at plus 650. Favorite fight on the card, favorite bets on the card, both from a money line and a total perspective. Billy? Yeah, I'm going to go with two. Just real quick on the first one. Uh, Yanan Wu versus Lucy Pudilova. Wu was as high as like plus 115 earlier in the week. I think I'm still seeing a plus 105. It's probably going to be gone soon. Money has pushed her down. This is a classic fight where if you can see a plus in front of either of these women's names, you should probably just bet that side. It's going to be a dirty decision. It's not going to look like there's one clearly dominant fighter. But with most of that being gone, the one I really wanted to talk about is the Victor Altamirano-Daniel De Silva fight. I can't recall ever seeing a flyweight, flyweight fight that's plus 180 to go to a decision. And, you know, Sean was talking about with bigger guys getting tired. A lot of times if the big guys get tired, one guy lands a heavy punch and knocks each other out. If flyweights get tired, they don't have enough power or strength left to really put each other out. There's not that much difference between the type of punch that a heavyweight can take versus a flyweight. Our brains can only take so much impact regardless of size. So when we get these little guys, they both have a ton of output. They're fighting at altitude. I don't think either of them are going to be too familiar with that. I, I just can't see a flyweight fight at plus 180 to go to a decision and not take that. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. It's definitely a number I show value on as well. I kept pushing the win conditions for either fighter closer and closer to a finish, and I still couldn't really get it above a pick So getting close to plus 140, something like that on the fight to go the distance, plus 180, I believe it might be as high as, will probably be a bet for me as well. Certainly going to be sweaty, though, with the way that De Silva fights. That'll do it for us. We are off next week. We will be back in early September, the first week of September for UFC Paris as we head into football season. For Billy Ward, I'm Sean Zarillo. Best of luck on your bets on Saturday. We'll see you next time.